Hi, I'm Gabe Dunn, and this is The New Guys, a podcast about masculinity and other stuff related to gender by myself and my co-host. Who are you? (laughs) The best intro of all time, Gabe. Uh, I am River Butcher. I learned doing this podcast, uh, and here we are on our beautiful second episode. Thanks for listening to the first one. I learned that, wow, I really mumble through my name. (laughs) I really set myself (laughs) up with a name that's hard to pronounce clearly and also not sound wacky when doing it. Well, you went for the er and er I did. name together. Er, er, you know? Yeah. yeah. I didn't really think about those two things together. You know, I'll put it that way. It was very much one thing. You know, I was just thinking about my first name by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really consider the combination. <laughs> Do you remember... When I was looking for a first name and I was like, oh, I came up with some stupid ones like Buddy. And then you were like, that's my middle name. That's my middle name. (laughs) Yeah, Now I remember. Yes. And I was like, so sorry, Gabe. That one's taken. No one else can have that name. (laughs) But I was also like, I framed it as like, what a dumb idea, right? And then you. (laughs) Oh, you did? Well. Yeah. Well, nobody liked it. (laughs) Mm, Well. I mean, that's why it's my middle name. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fun. I think it's fun, too. And I have, like, a very personal reason for choosing it. But I will say that I was at, uh, was it St. Louis or Kansas City? One of those airports. I mean, they're so close to each other. Where there was, like, a weird uh, TSA checkpoint that was, like, because yeah, I do TSA pre because I fly a lot for work. And, <clears throat> and also, being trans... Highly recommend having TSA pre that you don't have to go through the genital scanner. Um, But so I went, it was like on the side away from everybody else. And there was nobody in line. It was like the middle of the day, you know, whatever. Just me and the single TSA agent. And I give my real ID and they just put it in the thing. And she she was perfectly nice to me. Just like, hello. I was like, hi, how's it going? Puts my ID in, looks at my name and looked at me and gave me the strangest look. Like, the strangest look. And I was like, what? Like, something was wrong. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like this person, I don't know, was arrested for being a bad flyer? I don't know. Like, my brain was just like, what's happening? Because this never happens. And she's like, this name is pretty messed up. And I was like, it's my name. <laughs> she was like, do you get that a lot? I was like, no, I never get that. And then I just got my ID and, like, left. It was so, dude, it was so bizarre. The things people are willing to say to strangers. <laughs> she just thought that, like, it was a stupid middle name. I, I think she thought the name as an entire experience was, was a stupid. Lot. And I, yeah, and, and a, like a lot and strange and whatever. And like, it, I have always had that issue. Like, because my previous name, which you can find if you must know, I'm mm. not going to say it. It's very easy to find mine and Gabe's previous old dead names uh-huh. <laughs> but like i it was always people were like you know i you know i grew up in the 80s in ohio and even mm. t- today like people would be like what's up with this name like it's just it's not a name that you see very often yeah. uh, and so people i don't know it's just funny like i had a fun one where i was in a hot tub in palm springs with a bunch of cis guys they were all talking about their names whoa brag and they much, were like Gabe. Jeez. i know thank you so much my life is very <laughs> sexy uh and they were like, what? They like forgot, I think, which feels nice. And they were like, what's your middle name? And I was like, oh, it's Shane. And they were like, are you named after someone? And I was like, 
No, I picked it. No, I totally 100% chose that. But did you name yourself after anyone using that or you just liked it or was it for the L word or what? No, oh my God. So no. Sorry that up. I apologize. It's um my two grandparents who passed away on my dad's side were Simone and Cy. Oh. And then, or Seymour. And then my dad, if I was a boy, he wanted to name me Shane and he never got to use it. And there's a whole story on my Instagram and my TikTok, if you're interested, where mm. I talk about that. But he never got to use it. And then later on, he was like, "Ugh, I could have used Shane for a girl like years ago. He mm -hmm. was like, oh, I, I was too married to gender and I could have used Shane for a girl. I fucked up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so then when, you know, when I was choosing a middle name, I was like, I couldn't think of anything that I liked. And. Uh, my dad wanted Shane because it was uh, from the cowboy movie from the 50s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, so I was like, hey, as a gift to you, it's the S names of your parents. And also uh, it's the name that you wanted to use for me. And he loved it. And actually, <laughs> can I go in? Can I tell my little story? Because we're each going to do our little stories. Our little our little uh, inside the binary bit. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah. You want to throw it to the you want to throw it to the segment. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, let's let's, yeah, let's do throw it to the segment. <laughs> our segment um, where where River and I talk about a little gender thing that happened. That's right. So, OK. <laughs> so speaking of my dad. So my dad sent me my dad and I have like a really weird relationship. He was an addict, an alcoholic growing up. Uh, our relationship has strangely become. I don't know, 110% better now that I like I transitioned. Like I don't know what happened, but the whole relationship has just suddenly become really good. Mm. Um and like it was good, but like he's like really gets it and is like really When you say it, do you mean gender or like your gender yeah, or what's like going me, on for yeah. you? Yeah. My gender, mm -hmm. like he's got no no problems with pronouns, no problems with name change, like totally on it like didn't have any questions really was just like i don't know was was very uh it hasn't it hasn't been an issue for him really in any way and has almost made us closer and mm. we've had a lot of really good discussions and stuff and like one thing i'll say is that he was talking to me about how my mom was having trouble with it and was like were we she said something like were we bad parents like too permissive or something and my dad was like, I don't think so. I think that we were like, this is a, rep a representative of us being good parents that this is happening. And then I said to him, I was like, quite frankly, yeah, like it shows that you were good parents because I could have killed myself. <laughs> like, you know, wow. like, well, yeah, <laughs> think <laughs> Just, about yeah. how you and he and like and he was like, yeah, I'll tell her that. But like, it's been like some really good mm -hmm. conversations. Um, and he yeah. ran interference on me with my mom trying to have questions about top surgery. So it was like very good but so he sent me a, a birthday present that I totally wasn't expecting that came in the mail and I like was like so moved and like had to process it and was like taken aback because he sent me this birthday present and I open it and it's like a watch a men's watch a Timex from like the 60s and I'm like what is this and he I'm gonna read you the note that he printed out on in font i'll show it, it to you he printed it out in colors it's and like on, a very um, formal font everyone that's listening yeah and it says happy birthday gabe 
On June 1st, we will be celebrating all that you are today. You are always evolving and asking what box. And this is like a throwback to something I said in the eighth grade that my parents are obsessed <laughs> with, which is they they said, do you think uh, like some interviewer for a scholarship said, do you think inside the box or outside the box? And I said, what box? And my parents have been obsessed with <laughs> yeah, it ever they since. That. They think it's the greatest thing I've ever said. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I tend to agree. Pretty good. I ended up getting the scholarship. So <laughs> there you go. What box? Oh, such an eighth grade, like edgelord. I mean, God, we should have called the podcast that, you know, eighth grade edgelord. No, oh, yeah, what box? What box? <laughs> but also eighth grade edgelord also applies. Okay. So this is the rest of it. You are never deficient, always different from what you were and what you are. Always growing and searching for who you are. Your evolution as a person has been exceptional. You constantly amaze me. Your latest discovery of who you are is another badge. Wear it proudly. Love, Dad. And then he Cute. signed it. He signed it with his signature. Very nice. So I saw that. And then I saw the watch. And I was like, what is this? And it's a watch that belonged to my great-grandfather that he mm. had, like, refurbished and, like, cleaned up and made. And it works. And he, like, sent it to me. And I called him. And I was like crying and i was like this is like i was like i don't know if you did this on purpose but it's like so affirming that you sent me this like mail heirloom from the <laughs> yeah. family and he was like oh i'm so glad you got it i thought that <laughs> yeah. i thought you would you know that's what i was doing and i'm so glad you understood what i was doing and i was like no i understood it yeah that's super then, cool dude i was like is it uh, is it am i am i expressing correctly how much this means to me and he's like i can hear it mm -hmm. and i was like okay <laughs> and then I'm still, I'm still processing it. I like yeah. can't, I've opened it and looked at it like once or twice. And I, I don't feel like I, I need to open it and look at it for longer because it just feels, I feel like really emotional and I haven't. Have you worn it yet? I put it on. It's a little big. Yeah. Um, so I have to get it resized, mm -hmm. but I just couldn't, mm -hmm. I'm so awkward with emotions that I just started talking to my dad about like the logistics of when the watch was made and where it was from mm. and how it would be, what jeweler I should take it to, because if it was too emotional for too long, I don't know what I, I just started talking about mechanics. Cause I, <laughs> sure. I was like, it's too much, but, <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. That was a really like wild thing that happened. <laughs> like the That's last cool. few days. That's super cool, dude. I mean, I. I've I've been thinking about that lately too in my experience of just realizing that like that that was something for me as a kid like I don't have any siblings but I have cousins I have mm -hmm. two male cousins and a a girl cousin funny like I'll use male but I don't want to use female because female just found <laughs> sounds too biological for whatever reason our other podcast name eighth grade edge lord or boy cousin <laughs> boy, yeah boy cousin um and only one of those boy cousins has my, uh, we have this, you know, Butcher as the last name. And like so much of that is like so important to people sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that was so important and feeling like, you know, I couldn't be part of that. And like you sharing that story is making me realize like, uh, you know, I it wasn't given to me in, in a, a you know package with a nice letter or anything like that. But I do have my grandfather's retirement watch which Ooh. I don't know is it I it, it was not given to me with the express uh, uh purpose of uh, the male heir gets this because there was mm -hmm. there's like there's an item I'll just leave it that yeah. that was like supposed to be handed down to each you know male heir basically in the butcher side of my family and uh it did not come to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. um and I was really upset about that and I remember my dad be getting really upset that I was upset and like it was difficult, but you know, like 
I can't. No, it's okay. And that was a long time ago. He was going through something at the time, and I can see how my emotions were too much at that. He mm. he was not the person for me to talk to about why I was upset about it. You know, like mm-hmm. I see that now. I'm like, yeah, of course, like of course. But yeah, I can see like uh, I even though I didn't get all the parts, it's like it's still cool that I have that. And even if it wasn't given to me as that, I can still receive it as such. You know, <laughs> like that's the thing that I've been experiencing is like it's actually up to me. It's yeah. 100% up to me the way I receive yeah. something. You know, like it yeah. doesn't, I can't wait for it to be given to me the way that I want. I actually just get mm-hmm. to receive things the way that I would like to. And then I have a lot more, uh, you know, autonomy in my life, I guess, and my emotions. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm just now realizing what a fuck you this is to my two older brothers. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I have two say, you have cis brothers. older brothers. I have yeah. two cis older well, brothers. Haven't they, they've probably gotten other shit, right? They probably have, but I will say I think I'm I'm not the favorite. Like, you know, at least $2 an hour more than you for most of their lives. For sure. <laughs> like definitely my little sister is the favorite in general, mm-hmm. but I think I've I think I've crept up from third place to second place. And yeah. I'm really I'm really gunning. <laughs> it's just like a constant game of Mario Kart gender. Yeah, I think I'm in second place now, so that's pretty exciting. <laughs> So, okay, so do you want to talk about um, your MAGA story? Do you have time? Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, we have to. I mean, we've got, I only need five minutes. So I was, so, uh, you know, usually, you know, Gabe does something sort of masculine because uh, he comes from a, like, less masculine background, you know, pre, pre-life pre or whatever. <laughs> um, and then my life was always consistently masculine um and so i am tending to choose like these are all quote unquote this is for fun this is for you know let's see what happens not like proving anything to be true you know so like please take it with a grain of salt the things that we're choosing um and so i usually choose a quote unquote feminine thing um yeah and so in between our last episode and now i (laughs) injured myself at the gym (laughs) Um, and I, I learned a lot of lessons, uh, like how much, how, like, I got to like sort of pull out this old idea that like I have to impress girls. Like I literally just have the humility to ex- ex- accept that I was like, oh, I just don't want these girls to think I'm weak or whatever. What, what, who are you impressing at the gym? The, the people that were around me, <laughs> the girls that are there at the gym who couldn't care less. <laughs> they could not care less. Like they could not care less. Like everybody's oh just there, God. but it's in my experience, you know, it's like me doing it. So anyway, so I got to learn that. Now I'm learning new ways of taking care of my body because of that. So there's a, like a big silver lining. Um, so that is all to say, like I had this injury and I was still touring. That's what I'm doing for a job right now. Um, and so it was very difficult to really do anything <laughs> oh <my laughs> in between God. this episode and last episode. Um, and to put any time aside, because I, I seriously have been managing pain for like over two oh weeks. Oh my god! And so I was like, "Well, I guess, I guess what I could do is I could watch Legally Blonde because I've never seen it." <laughs> and I, I was like, "Maybe I can do that." And even that was difficult to like try, oh. try to get that going. You've never seen Legally Blonde, aren't you friends with Kiwi? I don't think so. I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Kiwi, <laughs> Kiwi wrote Legally Blonde. She's like a queer about town. She knows everybody. I just assume she knew you. Yeah. No. I mean, we we maybe know of each other, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, 
I've never been about the same town at the same time as Kiwi. I think injuring yourself at the gym is a masculine activity. Well, it, it totally is. But I thought mm-hmm. I was supposed to do, you know, the opposite, which is sure. I was supposed to do the feminine thing. So that's that's why I gave the whole story, because it's like I definitely did something within the bi- binary of, <laughs> you know, restrictive masculinity, which is like thinking I need to impress women all the time. Sure, of course. <laughs> which is just like a very deeply ingrained sort of thing. And also just like, I went to, as as a guy, just want to say this, as a guy, went to an all-girls school. <laughs> and so I recently realized that going to that school, a, a, you know, single-sex education, that's in quotes, if you can't tell by my intonation, um, actually allowed for me to be more myself in a mascul- masculine way because yes. there weren't boys that I was being... Compared measured to, yeah, against. you said that. Yes, yeah. okay, I did bring that up. And oh, yeah. uh, I did a couple podcasts that I couldn't remember. <laughs> so this injury and that experience of like, wow, I'm, tra- you know, I try to, who doesn't try to impress people all the time? But the specifics, the specifics of girls, like yes. what I perceive them to be, you know, and mm-hmm. what I think they think of me was like a very enlightening experience. Um, So... That happened, and then also just the last thing I would say before we get to our tremendous guest, who I cannot wait to talk to, um, is that I was working in La Jolla over the weekend, and the last show in the middle of the feature set, they were doing 20 minutes. I'd heard the set, you know, four times that that weekend, so I knew where they they were about halfway through. Uh, This comic who's a cis-gay comic, gay man, (laughs) was like, are you really sitting in the front row with a MAGA hat right now? And I was like, what's going on? Because I knew his jokes. And I was like, he's never said this before. <laughs> he's not kidding. So, so I pop, real. I pop my head out of the green room in bright red hat. I'm second row, but right up close. And I was like, holy crap. And I had like a mini meltdown. And then I texted a couple people. And I, you know, did some practice things that I do to get back centered and tethered myself to some other people who said exactly what I needed to hear basically and then I like I had this thought I was like I'm gonna kick him out and I was like I'm not gonna kick him out that's what that's what I think he wants to do to me so why would I preemptively do that to him and then I was like thinking about how I was gonna change all these jokes and stuff and I was like I'm not gonna change any of my jokes he can leave if he wants to leave like he came he came to you but he I, I will also say like I do not think that person came to that show because they knew I was there like a lot of people um, come to that comedy club, they have passes and they can just come as much as they want. And so I think that was the situation. So all I wanted to do is say that it was really wild and some of my friends were there and it was really stressful for them. But ultimately, like I didn't play to him (laughs) at all. Yeah, at all. Ignore him. And I did my jokes and I played to the rest of the audience and Good. I did my job and he didn't leave. And, and like in, in this way that was like, oh, cool. Like he didn't walk. I told my jokes. I like said what I wanted to say and did the thing, you know, and um, it was like a really powerful experience to be like, oh, right. This is my this is my job and this is what I do. <laughs> was know? he alone? He was. He was. I mean, definitely weird, but I'm also like, I don't need to investigate this any further. You know, like it all I worked know. out. It's just and so my scary, though. No, out. it's scary because you're there's violence that could happen. I know. I, I understand. But I also am like practicing that. I don't I don't know that that's what's going to happen. And you're if that's right. what's going to happen, I don't know that there's anything I can do about it. Right. You know, so like 
uh, it actually was a very powerful experience to, I mean, be like, if something's going to happen, I'm going out doing what I believe in. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh my God, River. <laughs> but I'm not, I wasn't even thinking about that. Like, I did not even <sighs> think about it until it was brought to my attention by my friends and now by you. Like, I literally wasn't thinking about that that night. <sighs> I texted my friend Paul F. Tompkins, who said, that's weird that he's there because he's supposed to be in hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's right. It's like, all right. So incredible. Okay. So we'll be back with our guest, Alexandra Gray, in just a moment. This episode is sponsored by Pansy Aesthetics. Pansy Aesthetics is an LA-based, black and queer-owned and operated aesthetic studio founded by Leola Lula, aka the Lesthetician. Pansy caters specifically to the LGBTQ communities and allies. All ages, bodies, skin types, genders, or lack thereof, and concerns are welcome. Leola specializes in top surgery and FFS post-op scar care, acne management, restorative skin care, chemical peels, hydrofacial, and more. I went to Leola uh, to have my chest scars from my double incision and top surgery soothed and it was incredible. She did like 30 minutes of creams and rubbing and scar massage. Um, and literally like the next week I was in Palm Springs with some friends and they were like, how many times did you see the lesthetician? And I was like, just once. And they were like, it looks incredible. The scars faded a little bit and she's like truly taken care of so many people in the trans community. Uh, you you probably have even heard of her. I also did a regular facial with her on my face, and it was incredible. Pansy is a proud supporter of The New Guys, and all listeners of The New Guys receive a 15% discount. So enter code TKG15 at checkout to get your discount. Hello to our guest this week, Alexandra Gray. Can you tell our audience who you are and what you do? Yes. Well, I'm Alexandra Gray, and I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and, you know, I'm just a simple everyday girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just an everyday girl taking over the world. Welcome to the show, Alexandra. Great to meet you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So I wanted to talk to you because I think we've had some, like, really great conversations about gender, but also about, like, the ways that trans women are portrayed or the visibility like in Hollywood and stuff with you know the stuff that you do and I'm so curious about how things have changed for you to start like as an actress from when you started auditioning to the way that the work goes now hmm. you know it's really interesting one of my friends was over the house yesterday and we were watching like the pilot episodes of like Empire and mm. Star which I was on Empire and then Star was a show that I, I tested for. And this was years ago, back in 2015. And I just, we were just reminiscing on like, wow, the journey is really interesting. You know, sometimes you forget. And I was like, wow, I was on the show. <laughs> but just, yeah, you were on that show. On, like, But it's cool because you look at the pilot and you're like, wow, I remember when I first saw this and I really wanted to be on it. And then mm. it took five years into the show for me to get on, but I was on the show. So um, to answer the question, you know, there is a clear, there's a, 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 a clear difference, right? in what I can say in terms of, the auditions. I'm no longer auditioning for roles of trans women that have prostate cancer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Those are mm -hmm. not the typical guest stars that come through. <laughs> Can I ask you, Alexandra, to not sorry to interrupt, but like what 
when was that like in terms of like what year was that that you were auditioning for those roles? Well, I, you know, I came around an interesting time around 2015 is when I sort of hit the scene. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we really didn't have many, many trans characters at all outside of Laverne Cox on television, right? And, <laughs> right. And doing right. guest and recurring roles. And so um, I had auditioned for a medical show. And one, I had, it was a trans woman who had prostate cancer. And <laughs> I got another medical show, like, in the same month. And she also had prostate cancer. Uh- <laughs> I I bet Alex I can see each of those writers being so like so proud of themselves for coming up with this like you know like just cutting edge like but what if she had prostate cancer like and they just both thought of it in diff- two different rooms at the exact same time you know like thinking they're so original but for coming up with that well there is a gag to this story um and the gag is is that you know this this was some of my first gigs on television so I don't think I was as strong as an artist that I am today or mm. even notice that, wow, I, this is the same storyline, right? Um, <laughs> back then, I also wasn't in a position to turn down any checks. Right, of course. <laughs> Those two medical dramas aired the same week. Wow. One was on NBC and one was on CBS. And they, they, <laughs> they aired the same week the day after each other. No way. Twitter lit my ass up. <laughs> <laughs> wait did you get both of the roles did you play both of them oh i played both characters yes oh my god incredible <laughs> yes that <laughs> this is i mean this is you know i think a lot of people are wow. what i do i mean honey i mean i was working on television when there were no trans people on television so yeah yeah i was double booking for sure and Twitter just lit me up. They said, look out for Alexandra Gray because the next role you see, you know she's going to have prostate cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know the comedy rule of threes. It's got to come in three. There's got to be a third one. But it's funny that you're talking about this as if we've come so far, which I think we have. But like there was this big uh, controversy like a week ago about The Good Doctor and them having a trans actress on and the big reveal being that she has testicular trauma, right? Like that just happened. Like, and see, that's the thing is, um, I try to stay clear <laughs> of, um, you know, of the drama. But yes, I did hear that, and and it's mm-hmm. interesting to me because what I can say when you ask me about the journey, it's that now having been on over twenty five shows and have done a number of guest roles and recurring roles. Um, I've only ever really been in a hospital in a hospital room or I've been in a courtroom. Right. Mm. I I have yet to I don't know. I've yet to make love to someone on screen. I've yet to be desired by someone Mm. on screen. I've yet to do anything outside of trauma. And so it's interesting to me that in 2023, that is still the storyline, because that was my storyline back then in 2015. And Mm -hmm. now I think we should be so much further along because there's so much more to tell about us. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. I mean, I think I'm curious your thoughts, Alexandra, but I, I definitely like my, in my experience, I, I put that. Um, I, I mean, I think one of the, uh, there's a lot of reasons, like I can't get into all the reasons, but I think one of the biggest reasons is there's uh, in, in those sort of courtroom space you know, those shows there's not a lot of trans writers in those shows because I feel like similar to uh, casting, it's almost as though trans writers, and now I don't want to make a fully blanket statement, but um, 
I feel like trans writers get hired as trans writers mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm being hired. I'm a trans person who is a writer and I'm being hired as a writer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like my <laughs> writing gigs have been that has been part of like the toolkit that they're trying to bring in, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily bad, especially when you have trans characters on your show. Like, of course you should. But I feel like, you know, it's not then reflected across writers rooms that then you would be filling these spaces or filling other shows, you know, other types of procedurals or, you know, network or broadcast shows uh, don't have as high, you know, aren't hiring trans writers and then just placing trans actors in these same, you know, roles over and over again. I'm curious what you think. Yeah. Or there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be anything original, right? Like that's why you get two prostate cancer things in a row because they don't have someone sitting there coming up with, something specific from their life or something original. I think a lot of folks were still such a, like all of my, my early guest stars were reveals. It was like, <laughs> oh, I like she reveals she's trans. I really believe because listen, there's a race issue in Hollywood, there's mm-hmm. one in trans Hollywood. And so mm-hmm. I believe the only reason I was cast in many of those roles is because I was one of the only ones at the time that was represented, that was visible enough, that was able to get to those opportunities, right? I think I'm very Mm -hmm. talented, of course. Come on, I wouldn't, I'm not absurd. But, (laughs) you know, the problem is, is that I was, it was great because I was very, I was very, not visibly trans, if if you will, right? So it was a thing to where you could have me on and it could be a surprise moment. It could be a ha 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 Mm -hmm. moment, right? I'm still dealing with that on on some projects where it's the big reveal Mm -hmm. and, and the audience is shocked. And I think that's what's happening in some of these rooms is that they haven't began to look at us as just human beings as, as, as everyday people in the way that they write for every other character right? You could do the same for us. You don't need to have me in a medical show having prostate cancer when you could have me being a nurse and I can be educating people on trans issues, right? And so I think that's like the, the discrepancy is that when we get past the wanting to use trans people as a sort of a look, this is a pop of diversity, but we act, but we actually want to give some yes. humanity here. That's mm-hmm. when you'll stop getting storylines about bitches on hospital tables you know, with testicular cancer, like that's the most exciting thing in the world. Like it's mm-hmm. not like it's not. <laughs> Can you talk a bit about uh, you touched on it a little bit, but something we talked about over coffee, which was that it, you were quote unquote passing. So then it was like, oh, this is the big reveal. But then now it was this thing of not looking trans enough for the trans roles. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely declined, right? Um, I get turned down from gigs all the time now, and I, I hear that she's too glamorous now. That's the word that they use, mm. glamorous, because let's be honest, I'm gorgeous, but I'm not a supermodel, okay? I don't have this. Ah, I'm not. I, don't, I mean, was it bone structure? Come on. Like, I mean, there's like Zendaya's like a, a Barbie doll, right? Like me. You know, I'm cute. You know, I'm beautiful. I love. <laughs> I don't know. I'm one of your top reply guys, so I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just mean that when I hear that I'm too glamorous, I hear that. In other words, she doesn't look, quote unquote, trans enough, right? That is what, I, and so I don't really get brought in for many trans opportunities these days because, for one, I've already played almost every 
type of trans stereotype that you can play on television. So <laughs> unless you're now writing other storylines for trans women, meaning putting them as doctors and lawyers, as mothers, as lovers, then you know what I mean? So the problem is, mm-hmm. is that it, 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 it does affect me differently now. And the fact that I've, I don't know, I guess I've lost a little weight. I've gotten my boobs done. Um, you know, I'm even more of what you would think Hollywood wants, right? This Hollywood thing, but it's actually worse now because I don't offer the trauma that I used to offer, right? Mm. I offer the leading lady. I offer the love interest. I offer the superhero. And that that's just not something yet that I believe that they're interested in yet because mm-hmm. I don't know why, you know, but I know that that's yeah. change, but that is sort of the dilemma that I think me and my team face now as we are mm. looking to kind of cross that next threshold. It's like, who's going to be the hero and start writing roles and right. start sending, you know, breakdowns across across our desk that reads black trans specific, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've had a similar experience, Alexandra too, which is, um, like people, I don't, I, I, I can't get, I, well, I've gotten a few auditions for like male roles mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I was talking to a, a potential manager and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't see why, you know, I, it's like, I'm either auditioning for a role that's like a quote non-binary person, which I think in Hollywood speak is like, you know a girl with a short haircut you know like they don't they don't know what they mean by that typically um or that they're just seeing more people or something and then uh you know i i've i i auditioned for like one male role one time and it was a gay man and i don't i don't really come off as a gay man very well but like i i think you know and so i was talking to this guy i was like yeah i want to you know go out for these roles like there's no reason that me and like uh, you know, this other male comedian who were similar shouldn't be going out for the same things. And he was like, oh, so like you would be okay playing a cis man. And I was like, I would be okay playing a man. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, you know, it's like that, that is the expansion of the thinking of the role. It's like, sure. I, I, I will also be happy to play a trans guy, but like those roles aren't, I, I haven't had an audition for one of those. So like, uh, it's just this interesting and, and, and just to sort of, for me, it's like an elephant in the room with the writing of these roles and then the casting of these roles, like, again, these are cisgender people writing the roles, writing the breakdowns, asking for the people, you know, like we are typically not the spearheads of the projects. It would be very different if we were, you know? Um, And so it's just really interesting. It's like, Oh, now you're not trans enough. Like, thank you for participating in the thing. And now we cisgender people, you passed too much for us, so we can't put you in this role or whatever. You know, it's like it's just, and I think people forget that um, in in the conversation around like passing politics. Right. It's like passing to who, right? You know, like <laughs> what do we actually mean by that when we talk about it? Yeah, and I think too. I think the interesting thing is that this is show business, and if I'm just thinking about the business, if I am CBS, if I'm ABC, if I'm Netflix, if I'm any of these major people. Um, there's a formula that works, right? I mean, you look at Laverne Cox, right? You look at Michaela J, you look at Candace Kane, you look at so many trans women that have, you know, sort of made marks and made history and, and, and blazed some trails. And to me, I'm like, if I'm a creative, if I'm cis and I'm a creator, like, 
why not? Don't you want more of that? Like mm-hmm. Gingy Cohan can always say <laughs> that she 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 fucking made a Laverne Cox. She made a Trailblazer, mm-hmm. right? Like Ryan mm-hmm. Murphy, uh, you know, all Stephen Canals. They all have. They made they made visibility for trans people, like, and and, and they did something positive in the world. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's your business model right there. If that's what you care about, like, so you have the power to to write and create these types of characters, write, write a, an Emmy worthy storyline on Grey's Anatomy for a mm-hmm. trans character. Right. And then you take your bragging rights or whatever, but you would have done a good thing for us. <laughs> you would have given <laughs> us actual humanity. You would have given us a full story, something that we can show to the world, something that, um, you know, makes us more human to the world, whatever. And so I just always find it interesting that, that, that has not happened in, um, you know, all you have to do is, is open your eyes, mm-hmm. you know, here I am, I stand a black trans woman with a resume, right? As long as my receipts are long, all you have to do is open <laughs> your eyes and say, why has this woman never been a series regular yet? Right. Or, mm-hmm. Why has yeah. she never been a regular? Why has she never done more than six episodes on a show and had a full story arc? This beautiful black passionate activist, you know, creative. Yeah. There's a reason it's not because I'm not good enough. It's not because I don't have a team. It is because the opportunities are simply not there because they don't, they, they're not creating them. Do you audition for cis roles? We've recently, and and that's the thing too, I can say I've done one non-trans specific role out of my entire career so far, Mm -hmm. just one. And, um, and I, think that that's really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really sad. Um, we are now getting brought in for things, but in my opinion, we're getting brought in for things that don't seem um, reasonable to me. I don't think it's reasonable for mm-hmm. me to go in and read for Celie in the new Color Purple reboot. They're um, rebooting that as a as a TV thing or a movie? Th- it's movie. a movie, Warner Brothers. Um, yeah, the Color Purple did a reboot, and I was specifically requested to read for the role of Celie. Not for mm-hmm. Nettie, not for any of the other smaller characters, but to read, to rep- to play this staple in Black American culture, right? I read to play Whitney Houston in the Whitney Houston movie. And to me, all of those things are, are great. I love being brought in, but like, to me, it's completely unethical, right? Um, mm. to, to think that you're going to cast a trans woman to play the iconic Whitney Houston. This is 2023 and we still have storylines about people with prostate cancer. So to me... These are not opportunities at all. The opportunities are bringing me in on 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 network shows, on streaming shows to read for the series regular black woman aged 25 to 35 mm-hmm. series regular. Those are opportunities that I'm mm. I'm still waiting on. I'm still waiting to come across our desk. I'm curious a little more about uh I, I just am uh curious like about why you wouldn't play Whitney Houston. Like just to hear more about that your choice or decision or belief behind that. I'm, I'm very curious. In my perfect world, I could absolutely play Whitney Houston. Ha, Bobby Brown, the king of R&B. Okay, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I can give you a little, and I will always love you, okay? Yeah, yeah. In my world, right? In the world that we that we all live in as, as, as queer folk, like, we all, all, all dream of having that type of world. But to me, I, I, I don't believe, I don't believe that is the world that, they want to create when I have only played mm. one non-trans specific character. Right. Mm. So you think it's a waste of time. 
I, I think that it, it, I think every audition is an opportunity. So I love the chance to get in and show what I can do. But mm-hmm. you have other queer characters in the Whitney Houston movie mm-hmm. and you don't consider me for those, right? But you consider mm-hmm. me to play the iconic Whitney Houston. To me, I, I don't look at that as an opportunity. I look at that as like, let's check off a box of diversity. That's what mm-hmm. they like to say that we re- we saw a trans actress. Oh, so you, you think ultimately there was no plan to ever actually cast you in the role, you think it was just like, yeah, we saw we saw a trans person for this, so we're good. I firmly believe that, but I want yeah. to live in a world, and that's why I know Gabe and I were talking about creating our own projects because mm-hmm. I may speak very passionately, and I don't want the people listening to get it wrong. This is not about gratitude. I'm very grateful, honey. I've, oh, yeah. I've done well. I've done well. The work that what the trans people have come before me helped open a door for me. And the work that I've done has helped open doors for the Hunter Schaefers, the India Moors to walk through, okay? And, and to be all that they are. That is the goal all the time is that we make things a little bit better for the people that are coming up. So this is not about gratitude. This is about Unfortunately, this is the state of where we are when it comes to trans storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I have stepped into my creator bag, my producing bag, my filmmaking bag, because I don't want to wait for opportunities, right? I want to create. I want to tell the types of stories that I want to. And I think that there's no better way to do that than than to just do it on your own. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) uh, Well, I want to go back. Um, Why did you want to become an actress or why did you start acting? I started acting because, I mean, I I sort of fell into it because when um, I got disowned by my family, you know, I just decided, what am I going to do? I was homeless in Chicago. And then some lady, one of my friends was like, you should go to LA. You're really funny and you should become an actress. (laughs) And at the time I really wanted to be a singer. It's a good friend. I really wanted to be a singer, but, you know, I said, wow, okay. So then I kind of like started researching Hollywood and this was, you know, 12, 13 years ago. And, um, I, I just did that. I just packed up everything and just came to LA homeless, lived in a shelter for three months and then a TLP program for two years until I got on my feet, got myself into college, studied drama and theater, um, at Cal State Northridge. And that was really the beginning. I mean, I was doing background work my first day in L.A., you know, with no place. Oh, wow. So um, it became a real thing for me that um, like that I really, really enjoyed it. And now there's nothing more that I, I would want to do, even though it wasn't I wasn't the type. I think I always wanted to be a part of the arts. I did show choir in high school. I was the only like male eighth grader doing once on this island in grammar school right (laughs) (laughs) like you know i played agua water and everybody thought like oh my god you're gay because you're doing (laughs) theater i always knew that i wanted to do i think music was always a part of it um but you know i grew up in the hood so we you don't know what it means to work in on a tv show or uh, on a film set Mm. until you kind of get here and then you build that experience. And everything that I learned was through just my experience of coming up through background work, audience work, the things that um, theater school taught me. And so that was sort of the passion behind like um, me really becoming an actress. Do you think there's something to, it sounds like there's something to the sort of 
you have to keep going because there's no option to fail. Oh, absolutely. That was always my motto. And I think that was what separated me from all the people that I used to be in the shelter with, some of the people and and some of the people back, back in the day that I was hanging around, is that they all had the options. Some of them had options to go back home. For me, there was no option. My family disowned me, mm. haven't talked to me since, right? So mm. um, I never had an option. I The only choice was to make it here. And even though that took time, right, it's still a journey, right? But my worries and my problems are not what they used to be. Now I'm like, I want more money. <laughs> I want more episodes. I want more storylines. You know, back then it was like, I want to be able to have a place to sleep. And so I think having the mentality that there was no second option, even today, as I sit here, there is no backup plans. Mm -hmm. This is the Mm -hmm. thing that I want to do and I will do it as long as I have breath in my body, no matter how many obstacles get in my way, no no matter how many times... I get down about the politics of the business. Like there's nothing more that I want to do than to be a creative. And so this is what I'm going to do. Ugh, I love that. <laughs> That's very powerful. Do you want to talk a bit more? I don't know how much you want to give away, but do you want to talk a bit more about like the, th- the stuff that you're working on for yourself? Of course. Well, I have been applying to several initiatives and fellowships, um, a couple that are, are for trans folks. Um, and really, uh, I'm, I'm very much still an actress. I'm still going to be acting, getting ready to do a movie in New York. But I, I want to start writing on shows, right? So my goal when I get back from New York is I'm going to get a writing agent. Um, and I want to be pitched whenever our, this writer's strike is finished, whenever they give us the things that we need. I want to start writing on shows, but right now I'm currently working on my first feature film, which is a black trans love story set in the deep South. And, um, I'm, I'm working on that right now, just working on getting the financing for it. Um, it's not going to be easy. Um, but nothing ever is. But what I do know is that I've, uh, everything I've ever said I wanted has happened. It may not have happened when I wanted it to, or the way I wanted it to, but it's always happened. I always said I wanted to be an actress. I said I wanted to be famous, <laughs> all these things. And I've done those things. So to me, I'm going to get the money to do my movie and I'm going to get film my first feature film. I'm developing a television show right now with a major production company. And yes, I am just doing the damn thing. <laughs> That's incredible. What do you, Alexander, what do you, uh, like, what do you, if you do, like, what do you attribute that to that? Like anything that I've wanted to do has, has come true. You know, I will, I will say that I'm, I'm, I'm a go-getter. I can say Mm. that I'm not afraid to ask for the things I need. I am not afraid to go after the things that I want. I never have. I, I Listen, I don't think there's any, there's no braver person than a trans person. <laughs> yeah. to, to get up and walk out your door every day, knowing that the world sees you as something different. I think there's no braver person. So liter- listen, mm-hmm. I've got nothing to lose, right? I've already lost the family. <laughs> I've lost the friends. I lost mm-hmm. the church. I was homeless. I was abused. I was sexually abused until I was 16. You know, I've had men treat me like shit. I have nothing to lose. I will go out here and get the things that I need to get. And I will continue to advocate for myself, 
right? And I really hope the people listening in really take in these words and not just think she's on mm-hmm. a rant. She's not on a rant at <laughs> all because, you know, people, no. people, people misunderstand. And so it's don't mm-hmm. misunderstand. Understand that all of this is positive. All of this is is joy. I'm happy to understand that these are the things and the politics and the things that are that have held me back. And I'm taking my own power. I'm taking my own life into my hands the way I did when my family got rid of my ass. And I said, I'm mm-hmm. going to make something of myself without you. That's no different mm-hmm. than here. I'm just got to do it my own way. So I attribute that success <laughs> and that to my drive. And I've always associated mm-hmm. success with healing with success. And I know that can be a deadly mix at times, but um it's motivating to me. It's motivating me. And I, and I like working. I like working for the things mm-hmm. that I get. Mm-hmm. I love to be motivated by spite against the world and family. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love what you said, Alexandra, though, that like, you know, um, there's, there's nothing braver than a trans person walking out into the world because I, that, that's what I was hearing. And what you were saying is like, there is this, there, it, I, I'm not, well, I I could say that trans people are magical. <laughs> we are because, <laughs> but that's the magic part of it. It's like we. I think we do something that anyone can do. Anyone, trans or not, can do, which is to um, accept ourselves on a level that is not superficial. That is like a very. It's a very deep understanding and a very deep acceptance. Because to me, everything in the world is telling us don't do that. Don't do not do that. You know, don't be that. We we've already told you what you are. So what's your problem? <laughs> you know, um, and and we're gonna also make it really difficult to live that out. And we still do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we still do it. And I I hear and see that. And what you're saying is like, I despite being you know uh, uh, disowned by my family, I still went and did what I believed in. And for me, uh, also as a trans person, that starts with that I'm trans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's a number one, you know, that part is not going away. And then I've had this, a similar experience where after I accepted myself on that level and, and began to accept no substitutes, um, that then those things sort of unfold in front of you, you know, it's like that it magnetizes, you know, it magnetizes what you want to you, you know? And then it's the continual like acceptance of that. And then, and also like you're saying, like I'm not going to be a part of these things that seemingly on the surface, like, you know, these auditions um, is, is part of that success, but it's actually not, you know, it's like, it's like you're saying, it's a constant for me, at least continual redefinition of what success is. And, and I really resonate with what you said about success and healing that like, I cannot have success without healing. At least that's been my experience. Absolutely. And the, and the, the more, the older that I get, I realize the importance of mental health for so mm-hmm. long, you know, there was no language for it. And I think now that I have this awareness, oh, I think it's doing a work in me with my friendships. I'm real. I'm real. I'm learning to not take things personally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely helping me stay reminded to keep my mental health in check when I am working in this mm-hmm. business so that I don't fall into the trap of thinking that I am not enough thinking that mm-hmm. my skin color is a problem or my beauty is a problem, right? Or, 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 or my outspokenness is a problem, right? 
it's how I have to remember to keep that in check. And what that looks like is taking breaks from social media. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Vacations. I, I need to go on one as of yesterday. Big old vacations, Alexandra. Big old vacations. <laughs> you take your breaks. You take your breaks. And, and then you come on back and you find yes. a way to engage with this thing life. Because I tell people all the time, none of it matters. At the end of the day, no yeah. will fucking come and go. He's <laughs> yeah, one on a show right. and you're like, oh, I wish that was me. Guess what? That show's going to air. And that's <laughs> in the way that all of my shows that I've done are on Hulu, on Netflix. You can go, you can go look and see my whole catalog, right? It came and it went. And guess what? Yeah. Now looking for a job. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. You know, this is just the nature. This is, it, it's all imagination. And I just think you just have to, Remember to keep yourself in check first. And I think everything else is going to align with the healing, you know? Yeah. I definitely, you ever get down with the four agreements, Alexandra? What's, what's the four agreements? <laughs> what are the four agreements? It's a, uh, it's a book that came out, I think in the nineties. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I think it was a big Oprah hit or maybe an Ellen hit. I can't remember, but it, it's basically four agreements. I don't remember all four of them, but one of them is, I don't have them memorized right now, even though it's only four things, but one of them is, don't take anything personal. Oh. And it's like literally nothing is personal. <laughs> Even if somebody says, River, this is your fault. It's like, this has nothing to do with me, actually. Which is not to say I don't take responsibility for, you know, my actions right. or something like that. But it's like, it's not deeply, you know, like like you were saying, Alexander, to circle it back to uh, the industry and all those things. It's like, I can, you begin to think, well, what's wrong with me that these things are happening? Mm-hmm. And it's like, there are so many people involved in these decisions and choices and all kinds of stuff. Like this has nothing to do with me, mm-hmm. you know? And like, sometimes it did work that it was me and sometimes it, it's not, and, you know, it's like really, truly that well, simple. The interesting part too is that sometimes it may have something to do with you, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, sometimes it may, whether, I don't know whether or not you're, 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 you, you did your best work there or, or whether or not. Sure, discrimination yeah. is well alive and and afoot you know yes yes but the important thing to remember is that yes it has absolutely nothing to do with me nothing mm-hmm. at all what's meant to be will be meant to be and that's mm-hmm. easier said than done i don't oh yeah you get around those people that try to silence your feelings or that try to tell you that you're making up a story in your mind you're not making mm-hmm. up a story right the story probably is exactly mm-hmm. what you thought but the thing is is that you don't have to let that define you and you don't have to take that on right you could peep it right i always peep shit but guess what i can let that go because it has nothing to do with me right if yeah. you didn't see my value for that for your project or you didn't see my value for that that has nothing to do with me on to the next mm-hmm. because someone else will and it's like such great information about them that it's like oh great i'll be moving on peace be with you you know what i mean when you're, you're like oh you don't see my value okay you don't see my value so i'll see you later That's you know i have a I have a question about non-industry, but about the real world, because I feel like we're in this like industry bubble sometimes. And I liked when I read your script, Alexandra, I liked that you said it in the South, because I think like now I've been feeling a little bit crazy or gaslit or something by all these people saying, oh, well, the all these writers rooms on all these acting opportunities are going to open up for you because you're trans versus like how you're actually treated. Dude, people said that people say that to me (laughs) because, uh, 
versus how you're treated like out in the, you know, the regular world. Um, so I was just curious, like, you know, you're, do you ever feel like this disconnect of like, okay, I'm seen, like, how am, how am I perceived in the real world? What even is real? How are people perceiving me in different places? And like, does that kind of uh, stir you up inside the way it does me? <laughs> you know, I, in terms of, in terms of the, per- the perception, I always feel like the awkward one. <laughs> You know, on any set or in any room, I always feel like people are wondering, right? They're wondering what's down there. They're wondering what this mm-hmm. and what that. And, um, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a complex one right there. I know, but out in the real, you know, it's this interesting thing of like, I've been experiencing, right? I like go out to certain places where they don't necessarily know or think about trans people. And they see my little mustache and they just go, he versus like, I had a thing in WeHo uh, where I was talking to this guy and I like was like, we're vibing, we're vibing. And then he, in the middle of the conversation, he was like, oh, by the way, what are your pronouns? Which I got understand why he did that. But I was like, oh, we are not vibing how you th- how I thought we were vibing. You know what I mean? What are your pronouns? And where were you? I was in WeHo and I like understand that he was being respectful, but I also felt like, okay, he see, he's not seeing me as a guy the way that like some guy at a rest stop in, in, in Alabama, if I'm in the men's room and I have a mustache, we'll just be like, that's clearly a guy. All the signs are pointing to guy. Right. See, and I'm like that, that's the interesting thing because I feel like, isn't, isn't that the argument of like, uh, of cis folks is like, well, well, we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do, which would be bullshit. <laughs> but I'm like, to me, you know, when I taught, I just taught an acting class and, you know, I had heard some feedback that, because to me, I was wanting to be very careful, right? Because we had a lot of colors in the room, right? We had a variety of trans folks, right? Non-binary folks, you know, non-conforming folks. And to me, you know, when you get so passionate um, teaching and, and acting, I was like, I was like kind of referring to everybody as they. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah. and I know someone, I know they weren't offended, but someone said, you know, in my quest of like being polite and not because I didn't want to ask. I didn't want to keep asking and saying, you know, hey, what are your pronouns or whatever? So I so it's like it's mm-hmm. complex because I'm like, you can look like me and I and 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 maybe my pronouns are they them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's mm-hmm. like if someone asks me that, if my pronouns are not they, them and they or she, her, I'm like, well, why, why do you, why are you even asking? Mm-hmm. You know, but then right. I'm wondering if it's, is it like a thing of just like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> it's so confused. There's no right answer. It's just this very confusing thing that I'm going through right now where I'm not sure. Like, I just, I, I am not sure what is better in different situations. I guess it was because I was flirting that I was like, oh man, like, (laughs) but (laughs) like I did, like I I did get, go through that phase of like, I, I was starting more on testosterone, like a bigger dose and um, cut my hair. And I was like doing a joke on TikTok where I was like, well, I haven't reached he, him, but I have reached the level where the person in the circle stops everyone and goes, should we all say our pronouns? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's just like they're looking right at me. Oh my! 
So I don't know. That I, I had a joke about that, which is like, you know, being at a party and somebody's like, what are your pronouns? Like only no- wanting to know one person's yeah. pronouns. But it's like, I feel like asking everyone is always the like, say, in, in, you know, like in a class situation, like you're saying, Alexander. But it is, it's like such interesting territory because I, o- I only ever get, uh, you know, misgendered by within queer community now yes. for like a similar wow. reason where like people will t- continually call me they and I'm like no man <laughs> <laughs> I'm he him now this is what I'm doing and it's like and then this insistence of like no 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 you are they and I'm like no dude I'm like I'm not I'm, <laughs> it's just like and I don't know you know when to it's hard to navigate sometimes because you're like but I thought you guys were the ones that understood but it's like I get it. It takes time too, but it's it's funny to be seen fully in an auto zone, but then not so much in community mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> well, and 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 we have to be really careful with the community. You know, I I've seen trans. Yeah. I saw a trans person trying to blame non-binary people for saying that they were erasing us, and I'm like, honey, knew no, that that's a big no-no. That's not it, right? There is mm-hmm. space for all of us, right? We all deserve to exist, right? We can call out the institution, right? We can call out establishment mm-hmm. and say that it seems, right? Because I can attest that 90% of the auditions that I have gotten over the past four years have been non-binary, right? And so mm-hmm. to your point, River, when you say that they don't really know what the, they think that means <laughs> exactly what they you don't. said. Like that's what they think it is. And it's like, no, that that's not what that means, but that's the visual that they, that they want. And the problem is, is that it's not non-binary or gender non-conforming people to blame because Hollywood takes no. more of an interest in them right now. Right. Because mm-hmm. once it's not them anymore, it'll be something else. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, hey, yeah. you know, I'm not a non-binary person. And and so I'd like to see more auditions for trans women of black, black trans women, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I would <laughs> like to see, if for for my own reasons, right? But non-binary people deserve to also get just as many opportunities. So right, that's the mm-hmm. problem is that we're that that Hollywood has to figure out a way of like being inclusive of everybody and and learning and learning and educating about the differences between all of us because we are all very unique we're all very different we're all not one monolith we're all not the same and so i think that's the problem of them is not doing the work not hiring the writers Mm -hmm. right trans writers and people of of our experience um to really help educate and say this is the difference this would be interesting to do this and to do this right so Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no reason that me and you, Alexandra, should be going out for the same part that is nondescriptly described as non-binary person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no, there's no reason for that. Yeah, absolutely. And it it, it was becoming so exhausted. I remember Nia Long um, saying on the Drew Barrymore show, she said, "You know, they brought me in for Charlie's Angels. <laughs> you know, they brought me in for certain. They were bringing me in for all these non-black roles." But they weren't pulling the trigger, right? And it was becoming exhausting. And I can say that 2022 was an exhausting, depressive, suicidal fucking year for me. It was Mm. a lot. I had more auditions than I ever had. And none of them were trans. And I'm Mm -hmm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I was grateful. But it was becoming exhausting. Because... This is work. These are 10-page auditions. One was an 18-page audition. Mm. And the, the, this is your time and your work. And to know that you're not being considered just for the fact 
just for the simple fact that you are trans. Mm-hmm. Just because of right. that fact. But the second you get a trans audition, now you have a callback. Now you have a screen test. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think yeah. that it, 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 it's, it's very interesting. I will say that. But it can become exhausting when you when you do that, when you're being brought in to say, mm-hmm. let's bring mm-hmm. all the trans folks in. Right. Not not honoring and respecting the, the, the beauty of the beauty and the differences of all of us, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like what River was saying, you know. I think like there's uh, a thing of, well, when, when I was saying this and then River was like, who says that to you? I have cis friends who are like, well, but I don't even get the meeting. I don't even get the audition. And I'm like, right. I get the meeting. I get the audition. It wastes my time and they're not going to hire me anyway. It's just that they get to then say, well, we talked to it. We We saw trans people for the part. We saw trans people for the you know, for the job. So the friends of mine that are like jealous being like, well, I, I mean, I, you must get more opportunities because you're trans. I'm like, I get my time wasted more. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. And and there, and there is a, there is a huge difference. I remember working on a set a couple of years ago and the white actor was sort of complaining that, you know, with this diversity push, it's like, they only want the black guy. They only want the Asian guy. And I said, so now that you have to work a little bit harder now that you have, <laughs> now you don't have the fucking world handed to you. Now you're feeling oppressed for all of two days. Right. Right. It's a, it's, it's a lot like calm down because for as many uh, people of color that they are now bringing in, there is still an abundance of opportunity, mm-hmm. even for cis folks with, with the small amount of trans people that are now actors and writers and directors and showrunners for the small amount of us that are actually in those um, spaces, there is an abundance of opportunity for cis folks. So it's not a logical argument at all. (laughs) (laughs) I think actually, here's my take on that, Alexandra, is that um, I actually think we as trans folks and then people of color as a, you know, a giant monolith (laughs) to use a giant container that just becomes an excuse that agents and managers use to let their like white cis clients down easier than you just weren't the right fit. <laughs> like, I think that's actually what's happening because I actually had someone say like, oh, well, they wanted diversity. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Right. Like, actually, what that means is I just wasn't right for the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't think I was right for it. It's not that I'm white. <laughs> It's that you, I wasn't right for the thing. And it also might have been that I was trans. I don't know. But like what you're telling me is actually not the truth. And I feel like uh, cis white people specifically. In, and I think, unfortunately, cis white men get told that a lot because people don't want to hurt cis white men's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and I know a bunch of cis white men who are dealing with their feelings and like they're learning how to do it. So don't let them down easy anymore. Give them the straight truth and just tell them, hey, man, it didn't work out, <laughs> you know? Mm. Or it's like I remember there was a part or there was a, a writing position for Quantum Leap and it was like a bloodbath. Like, I don't know if you went out for that, River, but it was like every fucking trans writer was like up for that. And it was like we were all texting each other and it was like, uh, who's going to get it? Who's going to get it? And it was for the characters like an AMAB non-binary person, which I love to see. You never you do not see enough AMAB non-binary people, to be honest. Wait, it was for a writing job? So the actor that on the show uh is an AMAB non-binary person and they were looking for a trans writer. 
Oh, oh and okay. so everyone was like, oh, you know, freaking out or whatever. Um, and then Shakina got it, and uh, which is awesome. But I was like, so uh, what's the word? De- like, I was so pessimistic. I was like, I was like, they're seeing everyone. They're not going to hire anyone. Like, I was so convinced. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, eventually, and then they, a trans woman got it. So I was like, that's interesting, but it's not, uh, you know, I don't know. It, sometimes it doesn't like match up one-to-one to the character. I think they just think trans is trans. Mm-hmm. And like a friend of mine, mm-hmm. a friend of mine's a bi cis woman. She got, uh, contracted to work on a script for a, 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 a rom-com that's about a bi guy, uh, she the script was first written by two straight guys. Then they were like, "Oh, we should give it to a gay person to look at it." But instead of finding a bi guy, they just were like, "Da da 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 Rolodex." I don't know this person, and so they gave it to her, <laughs> and she was like, "I I am working on it because I like money, but I am not the person to be writing this." Like <laughs> yeah. the the straight guys who wrote it. First of all, they were like, uh, "She got the script," and she was like, uh, "It literally has gay guys on Tinder." So already we're off to a great start. <laughs> and then she was like, "I don't even know enough." Like I'm asking you, like you're like, and you know, there's a big difference between. I think you know you were talking about how you don't think you could play a a gay guy, River. Um, and I don't yeah. want to ruin any illusions that you well, have about your own masculinity. A, a, a stereotypical, written, highly effeminate gay man. Okay. I'll put it that way. I, and this is the role. I'm not saying that's what gay men are like. Yeah. What I'm saying is the role was like, you need to be like fopping it up or whatever. Sure. And I, that's not my that's not my vibe. But there's a know? difference, right, between like you, like uh, in just not even in Hollywood, but just in general, but definitely in Hollywood of like, you being like a quote unquote straight trans guy, Alexandra being a quote unquote straight trans woman and like what your different presentations are attractive to versus like me, a very gay trans guy and, or like, uh, you know, a trans lesbian who is like, you know, in, it looks like Alexandra, let's say like, it's very. And so, but I think we're seen as like a catch all, like they're like trans guys, trans women, but like, the, a straight mm-hmm. trans woman has a completely different experience than a trans lesbian. And like, uh, you know, you and I have completely different experiences of being trans guys j- just based on mm-hmm. presentation, f- fagginess, Lived experience, whatever it personal is. Personal belief, just the way we exist. Yeah. <laughs> All three of us. <laughs> right. But it's like, but it's like this, you know, catch all thing. And I don't even think, I mean, Alexandra, have you ever auditioned for a trans lesbian? Yes. You have. Oh, that well those 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 were like I mean, there was a sort of a phase with that it was always I mean, I played a trans lesbian many times. That's so interesting. I've that that was that's the thing. I never had um any cis male lovers on any of my shows, but I've definitely had trans like lesbian lovers and I've gone in for like for lesbian roles, right? Like that's the thing. Whenever it's like a queer type of role, meaning like if it's lesbian or if she's non-binary or something, then um, yeah, those are typically the ones that I get brought in for. Why do you think mm-hmm. that is? Um, well, I think um, it's if you're gonna if you don't have a trans specific role on your show and you have something that's like gay, <laughs> like well, it's the same thing. It's like well, we can at least read her for this, right? Um, there, you know, even even for like black projects, there'll be like five or six different breakdowns for black black cis women, 
and I'll get brought in for the black lesbian. <laughs> Won't be considered for any of the other ones. And so uh. I have no idea. I mean, I know my team submits me for things and this is just the things that we get the appointments on, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I, on one of the medical shows, I that was at the hospital with my female partner. <laughs> is it, do you think it's that they can't conceive of you like they think that you must have a a female partner like they can't conceive of of you having a male love interest i think the problem is is that um octavia saint laurent said this best she said i will change everyone's way of looking looking at us i think i think i offer mm-hmm. something very different that probably we haven't seen much and i think i blend i think i blend too much for them i think i blend too much mm. meaning i think Unless I say the words I am trans out of my mouth, then the audience won't know and the audience won't care to them, right? That's what I was talking about. Like when we start right. to to humanize mm. trans people and just say that let's just put them on TV, right? Let's not they don't have mm-hmm. to be this is that doesn't have to be the surprise, the reveal. That's when then you can cast someone like me where how I look does not matter. And so I think that that what what's happening is is that they cast me with lesbian lovers as opposed to cis men is because I don't think that's the story that they're interested in. They're not interested in uh, <laughs> right. cis men that love trans women. <laughs> like, right. And it's like trying to get more bang for your buck or something. I mean, you know? well, Octavio St. Laurent said, for one, I get too many dicks hard. Simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, I mean, for the amount of guys in my DMs and the amount of attention that I get from men out on the street, I walked into a party this weekend and like stop the room. And I'm not Zendaya, mm-hmm. wow. right? I'm beautiful, right? But um, I stopped the entire room and I'm just like, imagine if <laughs> I was on a show regularly and mm. I was selling <laughs> what I'm selling right now. I wonder how many men across America would fall in mm. love with the beauty of black trans women, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know, right? But I don't think that that's the story that they're interested in yet, because if that's the case, then you'd be yeah. looking for me to cast me opposite Michael B. Jordan, right? Right. To cast right. me on All-American playing one of the love interests of one of the football players, right? Right. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Is, I think that's why they pair, pair us up with like lesbian lovers and like and, and women and, and or whatever, because it sort of furthers the narrative. It, it, ke- it keeps the audience reminded that there's a difference between us and them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That you're I, that yeah. you're uh, gay in some way. Gay. This is gay. Yeah. Or or like that you. You're not us. Or the storyline of like, oh, this was her wife before, but the wife decided to stay. Yeah, and she like was that a guy before, and so that makes sense that they had maybe had now they have children together. So right. now mm-hmm. the audience is reminded that. This is not a real woman. This is a trans woman. Mm-hmm. And she had children mm-hmm. before as a guy. And now she's transitioning them together, mm-hmm. right? But the idea... And that's why I love shows like With Love, right? That Isis King, her love interest is a cis male, right? Mm-hmm. I like that. We need more of that, right? We just need more and more stories like that. And include it with the ones with the lesbians, right? Because mm-hmm. all of those stories are important. All of them should be told. This is just the ones that I think I think now we're ready for something new. 
Alexandra, yeah. who's the most famous cis man who slid into your DMs? Oh, ew. <laughs> the new guys will not be getting any teeth. Oh, come on. Oh, no, come on. Uh-uh. Give, get, I would like a blind item. <laughs> who is the most oh, Who man. is the most famous cis man to have slid into your DMs? You know what? I really, I really, you know, here's the thing. And I'll say this. The reason why I can't say anything about it is because Safety is important. Yeah. I say that to say that in a perfect world, I'd be able to say, if I was not a trans woman, I'd be able to say, Oh, sure. Chris, yeah. Chris Brown said in my DMs once, right? I'd be in a perfect world, I'd be able to say that. But as a trans woman, it doesn't matter how great of a time I might have had or he might have had. The problem is, is now that that's put out there, it's it's seen as like a, it it, it, it does something different, right? It, 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 it's a safety mm-hmm. thing at that point because- most people don't want people to know, right? Right. It's not right. just gossip. It becomes like tabloidy gossip. It's a target. That's it's it. a because target. People are still like, oh my gosh. And this is no way. I'm not saying Chris Brown. He's. I'm just a fan of his. That's all. Oh, I'm a fan of the music. <laughs> yeah, Alexandra, what? <laughs> Great save. Jesus. Great save, Alexandra. Great like save. Music, everything else, I don't know. Um, sure, yeah. Ugh. It's just, I know, I know. I'm a, I know. That was, that was more damaging. <laughs> But no, no, no. I was a fan before, before the Rihanna thing. Okay. And so what I mean is that by just putting that out there, it's like people want to take the story. If I, if I said that right now that, oh my gosh, Chris Brown and I used to date or whatever, people would take that story, not us, but people would take that and say, he's dating a tranny. Right. He's gay. He's this. And now it becomes tabloid and it becomes comes this thing where you like almost devalue trans people and you reduce mm-hmm. them to being like a, a a secret or you reduce them to being that. So that's like the trouble with not not being a, the world mm-hmm. not being as perfect as Alexandra Gray getting to play Whitney Houston, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We'll get there though. We'll get there. We will. Well, I mean that's Alexandra it's been really wonderful to talk to you and I guess that's like my sort of final question for you like what would you want to see you know if you could magically you know make the next year different for uh specifically black trans women what would you want oh that is a great question what i would want is um and i'm gonna i'm gonna speak to just my industry right because we have people out there like hope giselle folks out there who are actually activists who are out there in the streets fighting for legislation i feel like my part as a person in the media is to, to help tell the stories that, because I know how powerful representation is. I know how powerful it was for me to see somebody like me, even though it wasn't a black trans woman, I saw gay black men on Noah's Ark on DL Chronicles. I was able mm-hmm. to see myself at the time and it made a world of a difference to my life and my survival. And so for me, I would like to see my movie made. I'd like to see it at Sundance. I'd like to see it at the Cannes Film Festival. I'd like to see it get picked up by a distributor out there to the yes. world. I'd like to see, to see opportunities for trans women playing lawyers and fucking doctors on primetime and on Netflix. And mm-hmm. and all, I want to see us in all aspects. That is yes. what I hope that happens within. I hope this strike really, really forces the writers to go back into their writers' rooms and to start telling even more diverse stories, right? I hope they get the things that they need so that they can go back in and tell more, even more and more stories. I want to see more breakdowns come across my desk for black trans women than I ever have. 
I want to see one more trans series regular role come across. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's what I want for 2023, too. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for being our second guest. Where can people find you and more about you? Well, I am on Instagram at Alexandra Gray Official. That's great with an E. I am on Twitter at one Alexandra Gray. And yeah, you can find me there. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alexandra. Great to meet you. You too. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening. You can email us at thenewguyspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at thenewguyspod. This podcast is edited and produced by Logan Castrodali, music by Atlas Bishop, and art by Maya Scarpa. Thank you. Thank you.